0: Hi, everyone. I'm Caroline Mawassasi, and I'm your host for the FACTS Roundtable Podcast. I'm a food allergy parent, advocate, and the founder of the Grateful Foodie blog. We're sitting down today to discover new ways to create simple Valentine's Day joy at home, at your school, or with loved ones with FACTS' newest team member and Vice President of Education, Kristen Osborne. Today, Kristen invites us into her home to share a few of her tried and true favorites. Welcome, Kristen, to the Fact Roundtable podcast. I am so excited for today because this is the first of many podcasts together.
1: Thank you. Thank you. I am honored to be here with you, Caroline. I really appreciate you having me on today.
0: Valentine's Day is often both exciting and nerve-wracking for people managing food allergies during this holiday that's focused on love, candy, and flowers. But before we start exploring all those ideas of celebrating, can you share your extensive and interesting background – Now, I have known you for many years, and you never cease to amaze me with your expertise and experience. As soon as I think I know you, I learn something new. So let's just go right into your background. (laughs)
1: Thank you. Thank you. I am a certified disability advocate, and I live in Virginia with my husband and three sons all of whom have multiple life-threatening food allergies to wheat, dairy, egg, peanut, tree nut, shellfish, and fish, just to name a few. My first experience with food allergies as a parent was back in 2004 when my oldest son was two years old and I served him shrimp in scampi. He took a couple bites and I remember him having hives on his face, his lips swelled, he was coughing, and that particular reaction, coupled with another reaction a couple days later, kind of started me and my husband on this journey where we had to navigate food allergies with our children. And that was just the first of many with our oldest son. We figured we had it under control, and we were celebrating my middle son's First birthday, and we put cake and ice cream in his mouth. And we wanted that adorable smash cake picture that every parent wants, where the cake is smothered all over his face. And when we put the cake in our son's face, he wasn't having it. He spit the cake out. And I couldn't believe that he didn't want to eat cake. I'd push it in his mouth, he'd spit it out with his tongue, I'd push it in his mouth again, he'd spit it out. And I thought, man, either I've lucked out and have the world's best baby who doesn't like sweets, or there's something wrong. Well, the next day, we gave him cottage trees and toast for his breakfast. He became very lethargic. He started coughing He started drooling profusely. Immediately, we recognized the signs of anaphylaxis, and we called 911 and had a very scary ride to the ER via the ambulance. Again, another reaction. We weren't familiar with weed allergies. We figured, hey, we knew about food allergies because we dealt with shellfish and my husband's fish allergy and nuts, but wheat was a whole different ball game. He was tested, and after the results came back, we found out he was allergic to wheat, dairy, and eggs. So now we stand at seven of the top eight allergens in our family. Our first question was, what do we do? Over the years, we educated ourselves, and from that, I educated the community. We had our third child, and When we tested our son for his food challenge in his allergist's office, he failed. I am the only person in our home that doesn't have a food allergy. However, I am everyone's biggest champion. In addition to managing everyone's food allergies and helping them, I actually am the founder of Virginia Food Allergy Advocates, where I help families in our state advocate for food allergy laws, and food allergy guidelines in school systems. I've trained school systems and principals, teachers, staff, and helped them have a better understanding of food allergy education, awareness, guidelines. We were instrumental in providing updates to different food allergy guidelines in our local cities. We also want to make sure that everyone is empowered to understand that their food allergy doesn't define who they are. I mentioned earlier that I'm a disability advocate. I graduated from the Virginia Board for People with Disabilities Partner and Policymaking Program, and I help families navigate food allergies, ADHD, asthma, autism, developmental disabilities, physical disabilities, and the goal is to make sure that everyone has an inclusive life and they're empowered to walk through it with grace and dignity. So when I'm not helping people advocate, I work with families with my own business at the Prioritize Group. So there's a lot going on just from that very first moment of my son exhibiting his reaction to food allergies to fast-forward 20 years later, where I'm working with an organization like FACT to help further our mission and our cause to really be there for families to educate them and advocate on their behalf.
0: And there it is. Once again, I speak to you and I learned something new about you that I didn't know. Absolutely love that. We're so happy to have you on the team. And just I can't say that enough. Thank you. So now let's turn back to Valentine's Day and let's start with home activities. What suggestions can you share with listeners for creating some extra fun on Valentine's Day?
1: When we celebrate Valentine's Day or any holiday in our home, we create our own rules. We want to make sure that everyone is included. And if a food traditionally served for a holiday is unsafe, we just choose a safe alternative and create a brand new like Conversation Heart Pancakes for Valentine's Day. It's a safe alternative, which basically uses a safe for us pancake mix. and has a message on it with dairy-free chocolate chips or a dairy-free whipped cream. My kids think it's cute. I feel like I'm the next Martha Stewart, and it's a win for everyone.
0: So how do you make those? Do you make like a big giant pancake
1: Yes. So I will make a big plate size pancake with our pancake mix and I'll put high or a love or exo or something like that on the pancakes and our kids just think it's cute because it's pancakes and chocolate you know anything to make it look fun and inviting sometimes I've even taken red food dye and put it in the pancake batter so they're pink pancakes or I'll mix fresh pureed strawberries just anything to make it a little festive as one of my children say they say I always like the extra in the holiday. And I think it's important to find the extra in the holiday when you have food allergies because you need to celebrate. And there isn't a reason we can't celebrate that doesn't always have to include food. Another favorite activity is to mail our friends Valentine's. A friend's card is great to receive in the mail as well as to send in the mail. Typically, we will buy a Valentine's card at the Dollar Tree or Amazon, and my son will address it to his friends, we will put a stamp on it, and we add things inside like tattoos, stickers, little balloons, bookmark, and the standard card envelope. And not only do our friends enjoy receiving these cards, we enjoy sending them as well. Another way to celebrate Valentine's Day is to perform random acts of kindness. I think personally, this is my favorite because I always love being able to help others out because it kind of gets you in the spirit of giving and you receive like that as well. We like to make a little Valentine's for our elderly neighbor and surprise them as a treat. You can send a thank you card to the staff at your allergist's office or make a card for your child's school nurse. And these are just a few examples of ways to celebrate at home and know that you can choose one idea and then build on that as a new tradition year after year.
0: That is so special and beautiful.
1: Thank you. Thank you. We really enjoy doing it. So it's definitely some traditions and memories that we've made over the years, and I love being able to share that with you all.
0: I appreciate it. And I'm sure the listeners do. And I'm already clicking through my head what I want to do for a random act of kindness for Valentine's Day. Oh, I can't wait to hear it. Well, I'll make sure I share. So Kristen, some students are back to school in person now while others are on distance or hybrid learning. What suggestions might you have for the students who are in person right now?
1: Valentine's in the classroom may look different this year. With social distancing, schools may limit outside food, which is extremely helpful for students with food allergies, and food-free treats are always a safe alternative. For schools that will observe Valentine's in the traditional manner, like a class party, it's important to communicate with your child's teacher about what to expect that day and the best form of communication is by email so you have a record of that conversation an example of questions might be how will the day be celebrated will the day include any food or food ingredients in the activities or crafts and this is also the best time to request non-food treats like stickers bubbles markers crayons and then the day before the party You want to gently remind the teacher to be on the lookout for unsafe treats that might sneak in the classroom that they're not aware of, because that happens occasionally. In addition to communicating with your child's teacher, you want to practice role-playing with your child to not accept unsafe treats and empower them with the words to say when offered food so they're better equipped at navigating those kinds of conversations. One of my favorite ideas is to put a school safe treat in my child's lunchbox so they don't feel left out and aren't tempted to take something unsafe. This was always a hit with my kids because I included items we don't usually give them. And sometimes it was a safe candy. Other times it was a safe snack. And this is to ensure every child is safely included in that day's activities and they feel part of the game.
0: These are really powerful tips. So thank you very much for those. And on that same note, just going beyond Valentine's Day, what suggestions do you have for the classroom in regards to food-free celebrations?
1: Well, it's important to always communicate with your child's teacher well in advance of classroom celebrations. It's important to do that, whether it's at the beginning of the school year when you set up a 504 plan or at any point in the school year when you set up that plan. But it's important to have that conversation because it's an ongoing conversation. You want to offer alternatives such as class games. I know when maybe you and I were kids, we enjoyed playing Heads Up 7-Up, but there are all kinds of classroom games that you can play that really don't involve food. Or you could have freeze dance. You could have a dance party in the class with glow bracelets and glow rings and necklaces and turn the lights out and dance your little heart away. Or the kids can make food-free crafts. And there's always a safe and inclusive way to celebrate. My philosophy is find a way, make a way, make it happen.
0: I love that mantra. I am going to write it down and follow it. I absolutely love it. So now let's shift over to our distant learners. What tips might you suggest for the digital crowd during Valentine's Day?
1: We definitely don't want to leave out the students that are home, distance learning, and there are also creative ways that they can be included in the day's activities as well. Some of the in-classroom activities will correspond also to the digital or the virtual activities one I think is very special is to make a film that is a valentine and share it with the principal or other staff. So the whole class can draw a valentine, hold it up, maybe take a screenshot of that and send it to the principal and remind them how much we love them and we appreciate all that they do for our school. Or it could be a video or the class could read a poem to their principal or staff. And this is a great way to get in reading, to kind of tick off all of those requirements for what they do daily in class, and also encourage them to share with others. You can also play a Valentine's Day scavenger hunt where the students find specific household items that relate to Valentine's Day. I know in my house, when I asked my kids what they thought related to Valentine's Day, I don't know why, but it included Legos and toilet paper. I think we've been in the pandemic too long. <laughs> Anywho, do we
0: just I yourself. love that? <laughs> <laughs> toilet paper. I love that. Like, I, I don't know where that came from, but uh, okay. <laughs> Sorry, the toilet paper is really funny. These are really good suggestions because these really hit all ages. I mean, my daughter's a senior in high school, and I'm, listening very closely to the digital part, because she does have three classmates who are on full-time digital learning. And so we're always trying to find ways to keep them engaged and just let them know they're still loved and they're still part of the class. They're just learning at a distance.
1: Exactly. My kids are home as well. My two that are still in school, I have a high school freshman, a third grader, and then one that's virtual in college. And it's important that they're they're included as well because I think a lot of times when you're learning virtually, you kind of don't feel part of the group. And it's always nice to have that bonding activity that brings everyone together.
0: Well, thank you for sharing those. Sometimes when I'm shopping, I just totally blank out in the aisle of the store. And actually this happened to me today. Someone called me up and asked if I could suggest some Valentine's treats. So if we can actually explore some of your favorite food-free treats and maybe just throw in a couple of food treats for those who can enjoy those.
1: Well, there are many creative food-free options to celebrate Valentine's Day. Oftentimes, stores will have a holiday dollar section and have fun items such as bubbles or glow rings, pencils or stamps. It's great to be able to purchase those and kind of save them for holidays such as Valentine's Day. Another alternative, which is one of my favorites, is to look inside the party aisle of the store. You can find party favors that come in packs of six or eight, and they make the perfect trinkets for your child to share with their Valentine. And when I'm out shopping, I check these sections to find items that work for current and future holidays because I love finding a deal. I put them in a container
0: and have them throughout the year. That is a really great suggestion, too, because then you can hit the clearance section.
1: Yes, clearance is my favorite, favorite section in the store.
0: Oh, my goodness, me too. And what I like, too, is pulling together items and then bringing them to the teacher. So Mm -hmm. like, you know how sometimes you have a birthday party and you said, you know, they come in like a package of six. So you end up buying two packs because you only need eight. So I like to gather those up, too, and bring them to my teacher and give them those extras to share. So I am so with you. Hit the clearance. Take it out of the Christmas package because a bottle of bubbles is a bottle of bubbles.
1: (laughs) I agree. It's all fun. The kids enjoy it. They love it. And again, everyone gets excited about the the treats. As far as some safe-for-us snacks. I love going to Target, and any excuse I have to go to Target is a fun day in my book. But one of my favorite things is that Target has holiday section of safe-for-us snacks, and some of those are the Yum Earth gummies. They have the sour gummies. Now Yum Earth has giggles, which are chewy candies that are fruity and delicious, lollipops and all kinds of other things. So what I do is I buy those safe for us snacks and I buy a couple for the day's activities. And then I have several that I purchase and keep in our pantry for snack and lunchbox meals for a couple of months because I figure Valentine's Day is a great time to buy it. Uh, Easter is a great time to buy it, and then also around Halloween. So I buy just enough in Valentine's Day to get me to Easter. I buy enough in Easter to get me to Halloween. And the kids know they can come in my office. There's been times that they can come in my office and know that I've eaten a couple giggles or yum earth gummies. That's where I keep my secret stash.
0: I was just going to ask you, do you keep a secret stash? Because I've got one in my closet. Yes.
1: I do, I do. I have a secret stash, and it's all mine. And I, I, you know, sharing is caring. But as a food allergy mom, sometimes I just need my own secret stash of yum earth gummies while I'm snacking and working and you know enjoying my day too. So yes, they they eat all, theirs all in one sitting, and I prefer to leisurely eat mine.
0: Well, I feel vindicated now that I have a fellow person who hides their stash too. Yes, yes.
1: I hide my stash of uh, allergy-safe candy.
0: So now, before we wrap up today, is there anything else you would like to share with our listeners? Yes. Keep in mind
1: that there are
0: occasions when
1: food is found in play items, like Play-Doh. I remember many, many years ago, my middle son, who is allergic to wheat, was in preschool, and he had an allergic reaction because he was playing with Play-Doh. And from that point on, I the teacher removed the Play-Doh from the classroom and I created I made homemade Play-Doh at home. It's fairly easy and I made enough so that the class would have some and it was fun and inclusive for everyone. But also keep in mind too that there are no rules on how you should celebrate Valentine's Day or any holiday for that matter in your home you can create new memories and traditions that work for your family. And the key is to create an inclusive environment where your child feels empowered to navigate their food allergy safely.
0: That's a beautiful sentiment. Thank you so much for sharing. You're welcome. I'm sad to say we're at the end of our show today. So Kristen, this was a lot of fun. I look forward to more conversations with you. You have brilliant ideas. And again, I'm just so honored and grateful you've joined our team. So thank you for everything.
1: Thank you, Caroline. I look forward to many more podcasts with you as
0: well. Before we wrap up today, I would just like to say thank you to the National Peanut Board for being a sponsor of the Fact Roundtable podcast and for all their support over the years. You can find all of the links, downloads, and other resources mentioned in today's podcast on our website. Just head over to foodallergyawareness.org and click on the podcast tab and you will find all of these resources there just waiting for you. Thank you for listening to Facts Roundtable Podcast. Stay tuned for future episodes coming soon. Please subscribe, leave a review, and listen to our podcast on Pandora, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and Stitcher. Have a great day and always be kind to one another.